Hi, Trina. This is Elise from Capital and Growth. Hi, Elise. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing great. Great. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. Yeah. Um, for our listeners, we're speaking with Trina Salber, the founder of Primal Life Organics, which is a really cool vegan and natural skincare company. Um, so you have a kind of cool origin story for how you got started. Will you tell me what you were doing before Primal Life Organics? How did you, what were you doing before you started your own company? Yeah, yeah I never expected in my entire, like, dreaming, you know, anything that I'd be making skincare. I never expected to be in the place that I am right now, although I absolutely love the way my life turned. But I was a registered nurse. I, I started nursing in my early 20s and then went back to school in my 30s and graduated with a master's degree in anesthesia. So I was actually doing anesthesia um, when I started my skincare company. Uh, so that's, that's it. I'm a nurse. That's so cool. And then uh, what led you to the idea for starting your own skincare company? So my husband and I, when I graduated from anesthesia school, my husband, we went and got married in Fiji uh, right after I graduated. And I was 40 years old, and I did not expect to really get pregnant right away. I thought I might have some issues, but we ended up getting pregnant on our honeymoon, which was in Fiji. We got married there and had our honeymoon there and was super excited. We were very healthy at the time, um, eating very healthy foods. We had ditched the processed food, ditched sugar, hadn't quite converted to what we would consider paleo right now, like the gluten-free, but we were on our way there. And I, when we came back to the United States, I was seven weeks pregnant and I miscarried. I suffered a miscarriage. And I knew as a nurse that it could be something biological, but on the other hand, I thought, you know what, I'm going to start looking at my environment because I'm healthy in my food, I'm healthy in my habits, but I wonder if there's something in my environment that could really be causing issues inside my body. And I luckily got pregnant again right away. I was around seven weeks with this pregnancy at the uh -huh. same point where I had miscarried. And I started, I was getting ready for work one morning. I glanced down at my moisturizer that I was getting ready to put on my face. And I started reading the ingredients and realized that there are toxins in there. There's neurotoxins in there. There's cancer-causing ingredients. And it was from a natural skincare company, natural and organic company that I had trusted. Uh -huh. So I immediately thought, well, if these chemicals, you know, as a nurse, I know that my skin's my largest organ. What I put on it becomes comes you know goes into my body and I started thinking these things could be affecting my baby so I immediately just kind of I'm one of those people I'm like an all or nothing nothing kind of girl when I jump in I jump in with two feet and two hands 120 percent so I literally like ditched all my skincare and just started making my own products from scratch and thought if I can't make it I'm just I'll figure it out or I won't use it so right. that's how I started I started making my own, and they were incredible. Yeah, I love that. Did your nursing experience kind of lead you to know what would be toxic and what wouldn't be toxic? Yes and no. So not like looking directly at some of the ingredients. I just knew that they were chemicals. So I started doing my research. There's um, a website called the EWG, the Environmental Workings Group. And so I went on there, and I started noticing, like, all of these had a high toxic level um, neurotoxin, their endocrine disruptors, cancer-causing ingredients. I knew that 
uh, fragrance, if it's listed on an, uh, an ingredient list. Fragrance um, is a trade secret. So a company can put a fragrance list, list fragrance on their label, but they don't have to disclose which, like, which chemicals are part of that makeup because it's considered a trade secret. And most of the chemicals that make up a fragrance are cancer-causing um, ingredients. They can cause endocrine disruption. They're neurotoxins. They're just not healthy for you. And I, I would see that on every, almost every product. Mm-hmm. So I became, I just, I just thought, you know what, there's no way, I didn't know I was being duped. I thought that what I was putting on my skin would be okay and healthy. And in reality, it's, it's not. My nursing actually helped me understand once these things get inside your body. So your body's a little bit different when you absorb things through your skin. It's processed differently than when you eat something. So when you eat something, you ingest it, it goes into your stomach. Your stomach, you have a built-in safety mechanism. It's called your liver. So things, your body breaks it down and sends these toxins or chemicals directly to your liver to change them from being fat-soluble to water-soluble. So then you can eliminate most of your toxins that you absorb through your digestive system throughout through your kidneys and you can get rid of them that way. But when you absorb some, something through your skin, it doesn't go directly to your liver. You absorb these toxins, and they get into your vascular system, and they travel to your brain. They travel to your heart. They travel to your tissues. They travel all through your body, but a very small portion of them will end up in your liver to be detoxified. So that part of it is what I understood as a nurse, and I thought there's no way. I can't continue to use those products. After I know what they can do to you, I can't continue to use them. Right. That makes sense. So once you decided to go forward with this and launch this as a company uh, to help other people with the same problems, where did you get the capital to get started? Um, So I was really lucky because um, I started it small. Like, you know, I was making it in my kitchen. Mm -hmm. I'd make one or two products um, at a time, you know, and I would just make them as the orders came in. I was smart enough to put on the website that um, it's made fresh when ordered, so it could take two weeks to ship your order. So um, I didn't really put any capital in. I just started with a small amount of money that I invested in the website, in the initial products, in the initial ingredients. And then any money for the probably the first year and a half to two years, I didn't pay myself. All of the money that I would make off of those products would go directly back to buy more inventory um, and to upgrade labels, do whatever I needed to do. Mm-hmm. At that time, I had a nanny working for me because I had um, three kids. And um, I was wise enough to know that I was going to need some extra help. So I offered her the position of do, working with my company while the kids were napping. So that was about two hours every day she could actually start working for me. So it worked out really good that she was able to help me. And so I kind of grew it very organically um, at the beginning. Yeah. It's very fitting with the type of business you have. Um, Were there any kind of changes or roadblocks or parts where you went, you know, this idea isn't quite right, I need to focus it a little bit, or was it kind of a straight shot from conception to business? So that's interesting. So when I first started the company, it was started in 2009, and I launched it as Olive's Organic Botanicals, and it was launched as an organic skincare company. 
Um, so I was out there in this big blue ocean of um, organic skincare, and I did pretty good. I, um, you know, I was getting some sales, um, and I was in some magazines and things like that, but it wasn't really taking off. And it wasn't until 2000 and it was around 2009, 2010 that my husband um, started doing CrossFit and brought home the paleo diet. And I realized that my skincare was paleo. So I Googled paleo skincare and there was absolutely nothing came up except two people talking on a website now called Paleo Hacks. And one person said, hey, what do you use for skincare? And the other person said, coconut oil. And a light bulb went off in my head, and I said, you know what? I have the answer for you. My skincare is paleo. So at that point, um, it wasn't – I couldn't relaunch right then. I was pregnant with twins. So I waited about – till the, the twins were about 10 months old, but I relaunched my company. I rebranded as Primal Life Organics Paleo Skincare, and I basically created my own ocean, red ocean, so that it was a smaller – I was – I was very – I niched down to people looking for paleo skincare, and that is what turned my company around. That's what really launched it because when I did that in 2012, there were no other skincare companies, paleo skincare companies. I was the very first, and I'm the most popular um, to this day as far as paleo skincare goes. I was the first one to market it as paleo skincare. That's great. Um, so kind of diving into the practical realities of growing a brand and reaching customers, a lot of e-commerce companies have difficulty with getting traffic or paying for um, or paying for traffic versus getting organic traffic. Uh, how do you solve the problem of connecting with your customers? Do you have more organic traffic, paid traffic, or what's your strategy? So when I first started was when Facebook was really – kind of just launching with businesses back in 2010, 11, 12. Um, and everything was pretty much all organic back then. And, it, um, you know, you weren't paying for posts or paying for ads and things like that. So originally most of my um, – the way that I reached customers was through podcasts, through um, social media, mostly um, Facebook – and then through email and things like that. And then, you know, things have changed. It's, it's interesting now, you know, just seven years later, how much different it is from just um, a couple years ago. So mm -hmm. now it's a little bit, yeah, now it's a little bit more difficult um, as far as the financial aspect goes because Facebook is a little bit trickier. You have to know what you're doing. You have to have the resources to put money into it in order to get money out of it. My husband, I'm lucky my husband is um, a guru with marketing, so he runs my marketing with Facebook. So we do Facebook ads. We have some, built some funnels, sales funnels that we, we use at, um, to get new customers. Um, Instagram and um, Twitter, we still use Twitter, and then um, Pinterest as well. And then mm -hmm. our, our um, email marketing campaigns. Great. Do you also do content marketing? For uh, like blog posts and things like that? Yeah. Is that what you're yeah. yeah. So we do have our yeah, we do have our own blog as well. And I do do a lot of content writing for that. I do speak, um, you know, I'll be speaking at Paleo FX this spring. Um, I've written a book 
So I have a book out there, Beauty's Dirty Secret. It's an international bestseller. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, all, I do a lot of podcasts. I love being interviewed. My biggest, you know what, um, my advice for anybody that's out there, one of my best strategies for myself is I do a lot of Facebook Lives. I interact with my customers on Facebook Live. Um, I like it because of all the skincare companies in the world, I don't see any other skincare company CEO, like the owner of the company, getting on Facebook Live and answering questions for people. Um, So my my customers really like that. So I do that every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time on my Facebook. People can join me. Um, Sometimes I'll do giveaways. I'll give um, uh, products away. But I, they, that's my time with them. They ask the questions that they have, uh, either about the products. Um, I do a lot about oral care. A lot of my products are um, oral wellness. I talk a lot about that. And, um, but they can ask me questions about all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. That's great. I think it's so important, even in a digital world, for an e-commerce company to find those ways to connect with customers. Yeah, it's all about the connection that you make with people. And... Um, if they know that they can reach you somehow, especially being the CEO, the, uh, the founder, you know, the person who has actually developed all the products, and having a nursing background um, is really helpful because um, it's, I, you know, not necessarily speaking, I, I can't obviously diagnose or treat anyone, mm-hmm. but as, as a nurse, you know, the way I was brought up as a nurse was to be able to communicate to the, the patient in a way that they can understand what's going on. Because, you know, a lot of times the doctors would walk in and they'd say what they had to say. They walk out and the, the patient's just confused. So that's sort of how I like to do my videos and, you know, when I do talking and speaking events, I, I like to talk to people the way that they will understand it. I do a really good talk about how to heal a cavity. And I, I bring it right down to the basics so you can really understand it's really simple to do. It's just a matter of changing what you're already doing. Interesting. Okay, so as you've gone on this journey of building a successful company, what tools and technologies have been the most useful for you? Oh, there's been so many. There's been a lot of trials. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of failures. Like, it's interesting when you, you know, when you start a company, I always say, like, hindsight's twenty twenty. I know that I would have, knowing what I know now, I know I still would have done this. But looking back, like, all the mistakes that you made, the growing pains that you had, um, it, sometimes you just wish you could forget some of them. But right. I think, you know, um, technology, um, it, you know, as far as I'm a products-based business, so an inventory management system is something that's always been key. It's the life or death of my company. And I know it's the life or death because when it goes down or it doesn't work right or we have to figure out a new way to do something, it's one of the key elements that I have to figure out. So inventory management has always been um, something that has been really important for us. Yeah. Great. Um, anything else that's kind of helped you along the way, things that might be helpful for people looking to start their own brand? I think um, really, you know, people always um, want to know, you know, like what's your expertise 
what's what's your favorite? What do you like to do? Mm-hmm. And I and I know when I started, um, we I I made a ton of products. I I I wanted to solve everybody's problem with every product out there, anything that they could need. But really, recently we had to streamline our products. We actually cut about half of our inventory because we couldn't focus. Our goal this year was to get into retail so that we could reach more customers and really build our brand more, um, more locally so people could find us local to wherever they are. And one of the problems that we had in the past six years was that a lot of our revenue, our revenue was being divided out between a ton of different SKUs. Like we had hair products, we had body products, we had um, skin products and all, all sorts, baby products and things. And really what we needed to do, which what we did last year, was focus on the products because about 10% of your products make 90% of your income or, or 80% of your income. So really focusing on what is really generating your income and getting rid of the stuff. Don't be afraid to get rid of the stuff that's not. There's, you know, a couple people that you, you'll hear the bad news from the people that really enjoyed it. But in order for us to be able to, to scale and grow, we had to cut back at least 50% of our products so that we could focus our energy and our money and our retail or our marketing on getting our products into retail. So this year is our retail year. So we just got a PO from Walmart. We're launching an iHerb, and we're going to be, you know, hopefully getting into this year where we're focusing, we're working with Whole Foods and Sprouts and um, Earth Fair as well. So really my advice is to not think that you have to do too much Mm and to focus on what is working the 20% that's bringing in 80% of your revenue and really branding that and really focusing on that and marketing everything towards that and building that. And then as you build that, then you can decide if you want to bring other things in the niche. That makes a lot of sense. Um, as you saw online, which e-commerce platform did you get right to use and what made you choose that one in particular? We use Shopify. Uh-huh. And one of the reasons is because it, now this was going back way back to 2012 when things were a little bit different. Um, before that, when I launched my first company, everything the website I don't even remember what it was, but whatever we used, we had to um, HTML code everything, and I did not know how to HTML code anything. So I had to write the copy, and then my husband would have to go in when he had time to HTML code it. So when we were switching, when I was rebranding, our biggest focus or uh, priority was a website that I would be able to go in and just use the platform myself without having to know HTML coding. And Shopify was a very easy, there was a couple choices that we had, but Shopify looked like a great option for us. So we went with Shopify and that's what we're with still. And it's been very um, user friendly. You don't need to know HTML coding, although the options there, I do know more HTML coding now with my experience, but um, it's very user-friendly um, and very easy to set up. And then, obviously, you can add the features that you want. Great. That's really helpful for people looking to build their own brands, for sure. Um, also on that track, what are some 
little annoyances or difficulties you've run into that you wish you could outsource or kind of find a solution for? Oh, gosh, where do I start? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I think probably one of the biggest challenges sometimes is um, knowing when to outsource something and knowing when to keep it in-house. And, you know, it's a challenge that's ongoing, and we always kind of revisit that every Mm -hmm. time we're trying to hire it's hard to hire the right people sometimes, or it's hard to hire the people that fit your culture. It's hard to find the right people. So, you know, it's sometimes hard to know whether you should outsource something, um, but bringing it in-house has its own value because they're in-house with you. They know your culture. They get to work side-by-side with you as opposed to outsourcing something. So it's not an easy answer at all, and it's still one of those things that we sometimes struggle with. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think having a good mix of outsourcing um, some tasks or some uh, responsibilities and having a good core group in-house is always, always good. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, can you talk a little bit about kind of the specific challenges that raise that question of should we outsource or deal with that in-house? Well, it's, yeah, it's sometimes it's um, it's based on who you can hire, who you, who you are looking to hire, the qualities. Sometimes mm-hmm. finding someone with the qualities or the qualifications. And a lot of times it's not necessarily about the, you know, has someone done this before? As it's more of a willingness to learn something new. You know, can you find the person that wants to learn or is hungry to learn or eager to learn? Sometimes it's better to find someone who has never done it before, who who just wants to learn to do it. And sometimes it's better to hire someone who's done it a million times. Right. So, you know what I mean? So it sometimes comes down to the fact of, you know what, we can't find anybody locally, so we're going to have to look for someone outsourced. So, Sometimes it's more of a challenge um, of just knowing when to look for someone in-house and when to finally look for someone outsourced. And it's nice to know, you know, to have connections. Uh, Both my husband and I belong to a lot of different business groups, um, entrepreneurial type groups, where we have a lot of connections. So always connecting with people that are going through the struggles with you or the growing pains or the growth or whatever you want to call it um, and reaching out to them. Hey, what did you do? Or do you know anyone this? Because sometimes your answer just isn't black and white. It's more gray through the people Mm -hmm. that you know, and they can usually refer you to someone or even um, a group or a consultant or somebody that might be able to help you get over that challenge. Right. Um, for people who are thinking of starting their own e-commerce companies, can you talk a little bit about some of the roadblocks or difficulties that you kind of wish you'd known about before you got started? Um, yeah. So I think one of the biggest challenges for people is um, how do you get people? How how do you get your business out there? How to build a brand? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the social media. You need to have social media. But I think more than anything, 
um, what people forget about because it's real easy to open up your, you know, get yourself on uh, a Shopify or whatever e-commerce store. It's easy to get a Facebook and it's easy to open an Instagram. What's really hard is to figure out what your message is and what your branding is and then sticking to that and staying true to it. I know that took us some time. It took me some time to even figure out what the heck do people are talking about brand? What, what do they mean? And really just sitting down with yourself, spending a couple hours with yourself someday and going, what, what is my mission? What is my message? And how can I convey that to my people? Because the people that get you and understand you will attract other people that get you and understand you. And then you have a tribe of people that, um, that rally around you. Like right now when I go on Facebook Live, I have a tribe of people that join me every single week, regardless of what my topic is. They, they are there. And when, when other customers are asking questions, they're actually answering the questions for me um, in comments. They're commenting back, answering people. So that's the kind of thing that, um, like I can have a Facebook page, but that's really not enough. It's, mm-hmm. it's more to be able to develop your tribe but you have to know who you are and what your message is to attract those people so that those people can attract people just like that because that's really the message that you want to get across. Right. It sounds like for you, running your own business is really a lifestyle. Can you talk a little bit about how this has changed and impacted your life, this journey? Yeah, it's been, um, it's been really a fun journey for me. I always say this is an extension of my nursing career. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I loved nursing because I got to take care of people and help them get better. And by providing healthy products, I'm able to do that now across the world because we ship, we ship worldwide. So it's really an extension of my nursing career. And um, I, I love the freedom that I get from being a business owner um, I love the ability to be able to do my job anywhere that I go. So I do a lot of traveling. Um, I attend a lot of different business-type meetings, entrepreneurial-type um, meetings or events. Um, we do some trade shows, uh, things like that. And it's really convenient to be able to take my laptop and my phone and be able to run my business and stay in touch with my team um, wherever I go. It's also fun to be able to travel. My, my kids are homeschooled uh, so that they can travel with us. Um, so it, we really do make it kind of a lifestyle. Very yeah. healthy. We eat very healthy, um, practice very healthy, meditate, work out. Um, so we, we really do live the lifestyle that we have built, that I talk about, and that I um, try to help get people get um, achieve on their own. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, for those who might be listening who have a smaller e-commerce store or kind of are aspiring to become an entrepreneur, do you have any final words of wisdom for them? <laughs> Don't give up. <laughs> it's tough out there sometimes. I've been through a lot. Like, you know, I, when I look back, when I say hindsight's twenty twenty, and sometimes I think what I do this, what, if I know now what I know, what I still do it, I always say yes, because I, I always look back and go, I think that my life is better um, serving the people that I serve right now. 
I'm much happier serving everyone. But there's been a lot of trials and tribulations, you know. And I always have to stop and say, every time my uh, my uh, Amazon account gets shut down because a competitor has said something to Amazon, it's only because I'm getting bigger. Like, you have to look at those things and go, it's not always a bad thing. It's a hassle, but you have to frame it in the fact that it's only because I'm growing and people are noticing me. It's only because I'm a brand now that is world like recognized around the world and I'm stepping on someone else's shoes. Right. Um, you know. So really just protecting yourself, getting the trademarks that you need trademarked or patents if that's your thing, getting the patents that you need patented, protecting your company because you never know what's going to happen in the future, whether you'll keep your company for your family or you're going to sell or whatever, but you do want to have that protection. Um, so making sure that you're, you're protected with your trademarks and patents and, and things like that, um, but also you know, making yeah. sure that everything that you do, every step of the way, isn't viewed at as um, something that's a roadblock, but more of um, a challenge. And mm-hmm. how do we how do we how do we conquer this one? <laughs> Is how I always try and frame it. Great, I think that will be really helpful to people who are hoping to open their own stores. So. Thank you so much for your time and your words and thoughts. This was a really interesting talk. Thank you, Elise. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Have a great day. Thanks, you too. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.